We've all been looking for role models and turned our eyes to Hollywood, but that's not where to find them. Look to yourself. Yes, that is good. Hello and welcome to this episode of Game On Girl, the podcast where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. This week in Gender Cells, we'll discuss the new Swedish film Gender rating system. And finally, in our rap segment, we'll discuss viewer feedback about pay as you play. So stay tuned, and we're glad you're listening to Game On Girl. A handful of independent cinemas in Sweden are introducing a new rating system to highlight gender bias in narratives of the movies that they're showing. To get an A rating, so that to get the top rating, a movie must pass the Betchel test, which means it must have at least two named female characters who talk to each other about something other than a man at some point in time during the dialogue of the movie. The purpose of the rating system is to draw attention to how few movies pass the Betchel test. Um, which And the Betchel test is, is pretty well known. A lot of people talk about it. Tori has written about it on the site a couple of times and um, her analysis of hackers and a couple of other places I think she mentions it as well. Um, Anita Sarkeesian talks about it in Feminist Frequency as well and adds another layer to the Betchel test, which says we should have a conversation that lasts longer than a minute that's not about a man between two named female characters. So kind of taking it another step forward. So the article that we read... Um, talked about these Swedish cinemas that are putting this rating as an incorporation into other rating systems that they are that they have in the movies. Also, I mean, if you follow that Betchel system, I mean, some of our best sci-fi films don't even pass. No, there's there are admittedly some of the greatest movies and some of the movies that I've loved, you know, my whole life don't pass this test. And I will, you know, say that I, I think the Betchel test is a good tool. And as are most theoretical tests like this that make you look at how we're presenting characters. I think it's a good tool. I don't think it completely, you know, if a, if a movie doesn't pass the Betchel test, I don't think that that discounts it completely as a film. So just no, put that and, out there because I know a lot of people get really kind of antsy about this one. <laughs> what, about the test? About the test, or... yeah. yeah. Okay. But I don't see how the Betchel test helps at all. It doesn't seem like a a fair measuring stick whatsoever. I mean, you describe to me what the Betchel st- test is supposed to do. Well, think about the the opposite way. Let, let's gender flip this. How many times do we have men in movies talking to men, other male characters, other male named characters, talking to other male named characters about not women? Yeah, but that doesn't... To me, if you want a sex-balanced film, then... Why can't you have one man and one woman talking to each other about, you know, Star Wars? Well, I think that why is that not well because that, that but, but that does happen. That. See, that's that's the issue is that we do have male and female characters who can talk about, um, you know, whatever fight they're doing. I'm I'm trying to think of an example of a scene in Star Wars. Um, you can have Han Solo and Leia talk about how they're going to get the Millennium Falcon off the Death Star. Right. You can have that happen. You don't have another female character for any other female named character for any other conversation to go on with. Pretty much in that whole movie, except his aunt, who dies yeah, in the I first understand. You know, 15 I minutes understand. of the film. But, but if you have if you have a film that has one male character in it and one female character in it, and that's it, 
right. or even if you have a short. There's a movie out like that right now, <laughs> which I haven't seen, but oh yeah, Gravity, right? Because that only has a male and female character in it. Right. That fails the test. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I can I can take that critique. I mean, the, the, I mean, ideally, I mean, they're the 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 females are are equally represented. The males are equally represented, and I don't know what it has to do with having a conversation with a, why does there have to be a second woman? Well, I think because what happens when we do have second women, you know, I think this the Betchel test, and I don't, I I won't admit to being an expert. I've read a few articles and I've read some, you know, writing about it, but I don't know the origins of it. The, the problem is that it's coming out of a tradition that already exists. So if we have enough examples of women just talking to women about men, and that's like the standard for interaction for female characters, then that's where, that's the problem this is pointing out. Okay. So does it mean that there's always going to be that problem in a movie? No, but it is a problem that has occurred and does occur and does reoccur. So if we're seeing a pattern emerge where it's like that, then drawing attention to the pattern, there's nothing wrong with that. And if that's all the Betchel test does, then that's that's good enough. Should it be used as a rating system as to whether or not a movie has a value? I, I, I don't know. That that calls into question. I mean, that's the critique in the article that was in The Guardian that we were reading talks about how it doesn't actually talk about the quality of the film necessarily. It just says whether or not it passes this this stamp of approval, this gender stamp. Yeah, and I mean, I don't even know whether or not to say that the the intentions are good because, I mean, what they're wanting to do is to, to point out uh, sex bias in films. But this it seems like an, it, it's an extremely skewed way of doing that because it's measuring and, and uh, interpreting the wrong thing. We want more attention brought to this idea, but I, to me, there's so many obvious holes and unknowns with this particular test. There's there's bound to be an easier way or a, more, a clearer way for the equality to be represented, not just women. Because see, to me, the, 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 the idea is to increase women and decrease men. Well, but, but the problem with that is, is that we, we already have a standard where there are generally more male characters more named male characters in movies than there are female characters. Yeah, but you don't, you you can't do a, do a test though based on all the wrongs that are currently being done. You base you base the test on the ideal. I I don't know about that because I don't know how we how we get to the ideal until we have examples of it. And and I think that's one of the problems is we don't have a lot of examples of you know of movies that that don't fail this. If that you know. Since we don't have that, we can't say, okay, here's this being done right. And then you have this kind of bias toward, okay, these are chick flicks and these are guy flicks and, you know, never the twains that shall meet. Or if they do, then they're, you know, some remarkable thing, but they still don't have an equality in representation necessarily in those movies. You know, take... But the test isn't about equality. No, the test is about drawing attention to an issue. Right. And and I don't think that that's a bad thing that these movie theaters are saying, oh, hey, just so you know, this doesn't pass this this qualification. Like I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't measure, you know, the value or the worth of the film. But drawing attention to the gender, I don't think is ever going to be a bad idea, even if it's not necessarily drawing attention to, you know, equality necessarily. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it is because because 
gender is such a, is such a hot topic now, and, and by failing this test, you are negatively representing the film, and b- people are going to conclude negative intentions by the filmmakers, the writers, the creators, everybody. Well, maybe I don't. I don't know. I, I love us and I love our conversations that we have about movies, but I honestly don't know how many people think about movie maker intentions when they go to a film. Well, they just do, in oh, general. They, oh, sure they do. I mean, look at all the people who wanted to boycott Ender's Game. Yeah, but it wasn't that about the author's point of view, not the movie makers. That yeah, was based on the, the author's life, right? Exactly. So the author who is how many degrees detached from the film, but people are still boycotting the film. The film's getting a negative, um, a, a negative representation based off somebody distantly associated with the film. So all the actors, anybody in the film who don't agree with Orson Scott Card, the movie takes a hit. Yeah, but it's his story. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I guess I'm curious yeah. as to how you can take the writer of the story, the book that created this movie, and, and think that he's that distanced from it. I mean, it's... Oh, I thought that's what you said. No. I, I don't... I don't... I mean, I don't... I misunderstood you. I don't think that at all. I mean, you can't really... Oh, okay. You know... No, I misunderstood. Okay. Misunderstood. I was like, where is that coming from? <laughs> that's what I thought you said. No, I mean, I mean, I, I don't think he's distant from it at all, at all. I mean, it's his it's his novel, and I, you know... Yeah. I don't shop at Walmart because I don't like Walmart's politics. Right. I don't like a lot of the stuff that Walmart does. So I don't shop there. You know, I make that choice based on the values that I hold. You know, if people, if, uh, you know, people feeling that way about, uh, I can't think of his name now, Orson, Orson, Orson Scott Carr. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> they feel that way about his, um, his politics and they don't want to see the movie. I, I guess I don't see where the parallel is between what we're talking about in terms of the Betchel test and the quality of, or, you know, the kind of storytelling, because that's essentially what the Betchel test is pointing out, storytelling and, you know, someone's political stances that are, you know, getting people to boycott a movie. I wouldn't, I personally, I wouldn't not see a movie because it failed the Betchel test. Like I went last night, I told you, I went last night to see Galaxy Quest uh-huh. Um, because our local movie theater has been doing this um, sci-fi series where they've been showing old sci-fi movies. Oh, that's so brilliant. It is awesome. And the, the next one they're going to do is cult classic films. Um, oh, so like that's so nice. Ghost, Ghostbusters and Pulp Fiction and um, Office Space and all these like... They're putting wow. the they're putting that selection together. It's really great, and it's like the grown up theater too. So it's like the really nice, comfy chairs. Anyway, I won't brag about how awesome this is, but I was watching Galaxy Quest, which is one of my all time favorite um, science fiction movies um, because it is a send up of so many of the Star Trek mm-hmm. and you know yeah. TV uh, science fiction that I've loved all my life. And I was watching the movie, and I had just read this article yesterday morning, and I was like. <sighs> There's one female named character in this entire yes. movie. And they're even in the group of um, the little nerdy guys who know the, the map of the ship so well and help them out at the end because yeah. they, you know, oh, I knew it was real. 
you know, um, yeah. even in that, there is a female nerd in that group. She has doesn't speak a single word no. through the whole thing. And so although I love the movie and my love for it hasn't changed, my awareness of it is different because I look at it and I say, well, it's unfortunate that there weren't, you know, there's like five or six main characters on the Galaxy Quest show. It's unfortunate yeah. there wasn't another female that they could have put in there, right? you know, in terms of representation and had an actual conversation between two female characters. I just think that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate storytelling. Yeah, it so, is. You know, was it going to make me not like the movie? No, because I still love the movie. But I do notice it in a way that it is missing that component now. Yeah, I just think that if it is so difficult to make ground with getting the right kind of awareness about the, the problems and the situations that we have, that we, we could be smarter about... Um, each step that we take because we're an extremely smart group of people. And I think Betchel is a, is a great place to start mm -hmm. to sit down and say, okay, this is square one, but where do we go from here? Where do we go from mm -hmm. here? I, I don't think it should be a rating system. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't think it's, it's bad necessarily to, it's not the be all end all of their rating system. It's just a component of it. And I don't think that that's a bad thing because I think anybody who is looking at an actively, noting gender. I, I don't think that that's bad. Um, and if we had a different test, if we had something that measured equality in a better way or in a way that made it, um, made, it respected the kinds of conversations you're noting, like, like you said, gravity wouldn't pass right now. It's got one male and one female character and that's it. So it wouldn't pass the Betchel test. And I haven't seen it, so I can't say if it's a great movie or not, although everything I've heard about it has been fantastic. So, you know, if we can find a way to to come up with a, an analysis, a means of analysis that did that, I think that that would be great, too. But and there's no reason why we can't add layers and layers and layers of analysis. Trust me, I wrote a dissertation. That's what dissertations yeah. are all about. <laughs> layers of analysis. <laughs> I'm also curious, too. I wanted I wish I'd had more time to do research and it's still it's still something that's very curious to me, but ever since the the popularity of um, Stig Larsson's book, The Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, mm -hmm. I'm wondering if there's a um, a root cause coming from this because I mean he he highlighted um, a great injustice in Sweden mm -hmm. in regard to the way women and uh, the uh, lower class mm -hmm. is treated in Sweden. Right. Um, and the uh, people who are, um, are handicapped and disabled and that are taken care of by the state. I mean, they're just, they're hidden and offenses against women are just flat out ignored. Right. I'm wondering what kind of PR might be rooted in that. Yeah, that could be because part of what the article had said as well was they're paying more attention to sexism in advertising as well that they yeah. they vet through ads and will remove and not publish ads in Sweden that have um gratuitous sexualized women, you know, in them that aren't related to the product necessarily. So yeah. that they will actually go through that step, which is one of the things that was really fascinating to me. And I looked back at the article because I'm like, oh, I want to know more about that and hoping that there was a, a link there, but there wasn't. So and I also didn't have time to do any research to see if I could find any more information about it. But I thought that was interesting. And you might be right. It might be this might be a knee jerk reaction to the popularity of 
that series of books. I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, Larson didn't, he made it very clear about where this came from Mm -hmm. and his history, his personal history. Right. With um, uh, injustices against women. Mm -hmm. Uh, in his country. So, and uh, to close out, I just want to add also that, yeah, I am sexist. It would be ridiculous for me to say that out of all of my years that I'm purely not sexist. Well, I, you know, it's, it's pretty difficult for any of us to be yeah. completely clean of any of that, of any, so of, of any of the isms period. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just yeah, an awareness. I, That's really what it's about is being aware of of the representations and what they mean. So, yeah. I can give a, I can give a really good example. We had um we had a Halloween uh contest, decorating contest up in our office, and our section was the scariest. It was creepy and it was ghoulish and it had creepy music and it had eyeballs and um, now, the reason this is significant is because part of the deal was that the, uh, all the employees were going to bring their kids up to mm-hmm. trick or treat. Mm-hmm. And they were going soft to begin with, but mostly, I mean, we're, we're talking developers and QA testers, and they were like, oh, this isn't scary enough. So it turned out being really, really cool. But I mean, some kids would not even walk down our aisle. No. Well, the judges came by. <clears throat> and walked through, and I was standing there, and they were all women. And I looked at one of the developers, and I said, we're going to lose. And he's like, why? And I said, they're all women. And he looked at me, started laughing. He knows about Game on Girls. So he goes, you're so sexist. And I was like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so you think you're, so your, your analysis was they weren't going to like it because it was too scary, and women don't like things that are too scary? We were going to lose because the other sections were cute. Uh, oh, so women like things that are cute. Well, I assume most of them are mothers, and they are thinking about the kids, and i figured that they would make judgments based on what the kids would like. Mm. And I was uh, totally wrong. We won. Yeah. I was just going to say, man, I (laughs) hope that that's the outcome of this. Which I loved. I loved the the way that happened. I absolutely loved it. And I was like, I highly underestimated these women. I tend to think that I am, I am alone on my, my boat and beating my chest, trying to get people to hear me. And, um, these women, they, they, they were good. That's funny. That's that. I'm, I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad we're knocked down from that. I was glad to be wrong. Yeah, because I did. I, I threw a Halloween party this year, and I did some really super creepy decorations in my house. And I had kids at the party, and I still had creepy decorations and a costume that creeped them out, too. So, But yeah. life is full of surprises, right? Yes. Be warned. Yeah. Just be warned. <laughs> it, it, it's, with everything, with all the media around, I, I feel sorry for parents. Anyway. <laughs> be sure and let us know what you think, especially about the uh, Beckel test and what you think about um, Star Wars and Princess Leia. Yeah. And uh, the Matrix and Trinity and Neo and, and these strong women that we and like. the Avengers so. and Black Widow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, we, we, we might even do a segment. Yeah, we might, yeah. we might do a whole show on this, actually. To pick out our favorite movies and, and, and actually go through them. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's a process of working through coming up with, with good analysis and right. good tips. Yep, absolutely. Things to look forward to from Game On Girl. <laughs> Oh, <laughs>
So last week, you mentioned playing the most addicting game apparently ever, Candy Crush and, Tre- and Treasure Diver, both games with play and wait and pay and play mechanisms, right? So if you want to continue yeah. playing, you either have to wait the allotted amount of time to play again or cough up the cash to be able to play. And as I remember, you didn't like that very much. No. And I, I'm full confession, I have to make sure, I mean, <laughs> to, <laughs> if, you're to be... li- if you're a new listener, <laughs> I'm going to enlighten you. <laughs> I am cheap, I'm impatient, and I'm also a control freak. So I might not be the best person to talk about this genre, but that's that's what gets to me about these games. That's why. Right. Because they're the game is controlling you. Yes. And your ability to play it. Well, we got an email from a listener, Renee, who listened who heard the show and had a very different take on play and wait and play and pay and play game mechanics. Yeah, she has some good feedback. She has some really great feedback, and we really appreciate it. As always, we really appreciate your feedback. So this is what she said. I tend to like them because they limit me. Also, these games are freemium, in quotes, games that try to make you buy things. So I kind of like seeing how far it can go without buying anything. My favorite of these are The Simpsons, Tapped Out, Pixel People, and Pocket Mine. I play many other kinds of games, but these are my relax in bed at the end of the day and play it but like one time a day. Yeah. So this is a very different approach to it. Like she's seeing the mechanic as a challenge. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool too. That's actually kind of how I am with the free games that I play as well. I, I, I used to be able to say I had never, ever made a purchase for any Facebook games, but I caved one day. Oh no. I know I'm, I'm a little embarrassed actually to admit this. Maybe Go more ahead. than a little embarrassed <laughs> to admit this. But I did finally uh, buy, I don't know, some outrageous number. I think it was a million coins for Bejeweled. Oh, well. And I bought it. If be- it was going to be anything, it would be Bejeweled. Yeah, of course. Of course. I was really tired at that point of um, constantly running out of coins to buy the bonuses that I wanted to get the higher scores. And they had a 75% off purchase price sale. So I'm like, well, if I'm ever going to do this, I'm going to do this today. So I spent $10 and I bought a bunch of coins and I was playing with them and I was really enjoying the fact that I could buy whatever I wanted and I didn't have to worry because the top, the top, to get the top scores now, most of the bonuses cost between 50 and 75,000 coins. And Mm -hmm. I had been playing at a time where I wasn't getting enough coins from the things that I was doing during the day to be able to buy those bonuses. So I just really wanted to be able to play and not worry about it. And about halfway through the coins, I realized that I had invested in nothing. (laughs) I hadn't actually bought the game. I hadn't actually paid for the game. I mean, I, I didn't begrudge paying the $10 for a game that I have played for free for X number of years and I play every day. Like, I didn't feel bad about that. Like, I'm like, well, at least I paid, you know, some money for a game that I really like to a company that I really like because I really like PopCap. So I felt okay about all that. But I realized that someday all those coins were going to be gone. <laughs> that it wasn't, I, I wasn't, you know, buy, buying the game. I wasn't buying something that was real necessarily. I was just buying currency to use in the game that I was eventually going to run out of, which is, of course, what happened. Yeah. And then I felt dirty. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, maybe a little and, dirty. And you've never done it since. I haven't done it since, no. And I won't do it again. Um, and it was enjoyable. You know, I won't, I won't deny the enjoyment I got from actually paying for it and having those coins for the time that I had them. I don't have them now. They're gone. Well, and 
this is another question. Considering the the niche that this game is, mm-hmm. and there's there's a whole segment of them. All of all right. of these we're talking about, they fit a niche, mm-hmm. which is I, I think that Renee explained really well. Um, do you think that's part of playing the game, or do you think that's cheating? Uh, the buying? Yeah. It depends on the game. Um, I felt a little like I was cheating. I think that's why I felt dirty, because for, you know, X number of weeks that I had all these coins, I knew I could be on the top of my leaderboard with no, with relatively mm-hmm. no difficulty. Right. Um, and it also, but it also broke me a little bit of the need for me to be on the top of my leaderboard, to be honest, because to know that I went to that extent to buy them, I was like, hmm, I don't really, I don't really want this <laughs> yeah. game to have this place in my life. So I got to the point where I could step back and step away from that. Now I have been accused recently of cheating. Oh, by Amy, who's another one of our writers for the site. And what did you do? We were talking about Plants vs. Zombies. Uh-huh. And we are talking about the tendency to be a completionist. And she was talking about playing like you and Ryan were both playing, where you had to get all the stars yeah. before you moved on to the next age. And I have already admitted on the show that I got tired of Egypt, and I moved on to... Um, pirates and Amy said something along the lines to me well you can't really call yourself a completionist and I'm like well no I fully intend to go back and complete those levels I just intend to take the plants from pirates back with me which is one of the reasons why I didn't mind going on because I knew I could come back and still finish and still get all those stars she's like oh you're a cheater (gasps) and I said no I'm a strategic player That's strategy. (laughs) So that could open a whole line of debate and discussion. Is that cheating or is that strategy? Yeah. And I I tend to agree with you because what it it reminds me of is um, Lego Batman and Tomb Raider. Right. Right. There are things you cannot do. Yep, exactly. I do not know how long I stood jumping up and down trying to get to this particular object. I could not get to. And I didn't find out until after I had leveled several times that I had to wait until I got this certain skill Mm, before I could go back Mm -hmm. and you replay these levels. Right. And it's very, very obviously... Um, the case in Tomb Raider mm-hmm. that you you've got a map that you're working through you're working through quest but at any point in time you can go back mm-hmm. and there are things in the beginning that you simply cannot do because, because you haven't you don't learned have the skills a, to do it. and all the Lego games are like that because you always yes. need to unlock a certain you know there's certain doors that only open to certain characters and so you have to have those characters and you have to play through a certain point and then go back to them to to yeah. finish them. Um, and I've never played any of the Lego games as a completionist. I always get like exhausted by them, but, <laughs> yeah. but I do know people who do play them to get each and every little, you know, nugget for them. So, um, you know, maybe that's part of where I thought about the strategy for it, but that really was my, my thinking was, you know, I know that I'm going to get more plants and probably plants that would be even more efficient at what I'm doing here. Yeah. If I, if I continue on. So, yeah, I, I've, there are several things I think comes into play. I think with Plants vs. Zombies, because you can go back mm-hmm. to previous maps. And also, I mean, I I ended up quitting on Egypt and not completing all the stars mm-hmm. because I just couldn't win. Right. The, 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 it was just impossible for me. Now, I'm sure, I'm sure there's somebody out there who has done it. Yeah, Ryan did it. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's... I mean, and that's great. Mm-hmm. I feel like that I have an enormous amount of um, focus and patience mm-hmm. to get that done. Right. But 
once I stopped having fun, right. That, and it was that, like, yeah. you know, I think it's time I, I'll move on and maybe I can get some more plants. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. Right. That's what I thought too. I'm like, as I, yeah. cause I was having the same, the same trouble finishing some of the levels and getting frustrated with the game and not wanting to feel that way about it. And yeah. I had had a preview of, um, pirates when I was at PAX because that was a level that was on the, um, the demo when I went up to demo to get my poster of plants versus zombies. Uh, <laughs> so I went out to play the demo and I got to play, you know, then the pirates level and I'm like, Oh, this looks really fun. I'm just going to, I'm just going to move forward in this so I can start seeing what's here. And sometimes for me, it's about, um, you know, looking at what's new and seeing what's new and what's coming up because, you know, I want to see what the new shiny things are. I'm sorry. I like shiny things. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's what was frustrating me um, to begin with with um, Treasure Diver. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll back up just a little because one of the comment while I was reading Renee's comment, it occurred to me as I've already announced that I'm I'm pretty cheap. Um, you know, I have no problem spending fifty or sixty bucks on a console game, mm-hmm. but I'll quibble about paying a dollar ninety nine for ten jewels. Hmm. And I got to sitting and thinking, I was thinking about that. That was my Southern coming out. <laughs> I was sitting and thinking about it. <laughs> um, I'm educated. Uh, <laughs> I was like, you know how many jewels I could buy with 60 bucks? And not only that, but I'm going to get as many hours of play, if not more, out of this treasure diver game. Right. I can already tell by the way that it's playing mm-hmm. and I'm still playing it, even though it comes up and it says, Oh, you're out of air. You can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll switch and I'll go to candy crush and I'll play it until it says, Oh, sorry, you're out of lives. You can't do this anymore. So mm-hmm. okay, I'll go plant, plant some plants. Mm-hmm. So you cycle through them this forth. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've, found something in that. Now, there's so many other factors involved here, okay? Number one is, it's my brand new Kindle Fire. Right, right. So okay. shiny. I just want to play with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, and there are very few games for me to get hold of. These were a couple that I could get, so that's what I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I find a better game, Plants vs. Zombies, anything else that's available, I'll dump these guys. Right. But it was, it was a very... It was a very interesting point. Right. And I, I was going to ask you how much you had ever invested in these types of games. And you you said $10. $10, yeah. Yeah, that's all I've done so far. And and it will be. I, I don't imagine. I mean, I might I might succumb in a moment of weakness again. We'll see. Now, as far as the freemium games go, do do the ad, are the ads ever a deterrent as to how long you'll you'll play a game? whether it gets too annoying or... sometimes uh, we were talking about tetris bliss blitz and um i haven't been inclined to go back and play that again it's also not working right on my phone so i can't link the huh. leaderboard to my facebook uh which is one of the things i wanted to do and i haven't been able to get that to work um so i'm essentially playing it by myself which and those blitz games don't have enough um content in them to keep me going back to them if i'm not trying to beat somebody on the leaderboard <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I tend not to go back to them as often as I as I would have. Um, and I like I said, when I was describing the ads in that game, they were just so absurd that I thought they were, you know, they were funny. I will. And I have I do I do buy apps. I you know, I, I paid for words with friends and I paid for um, 
gems with friends. Um, I help, I'm cheap too. So I always wait until, cause they always have a dollar sale where you can buy it for a dollar instead of a dollar 99. Yeah. <laughs> so I always wait for that sale to come up, but I bought that and I bought scramble with friends and hanging with friends and all those different kinds of things. I always end up paying for those because I hate having to hit the button to close the ad and they, yeah. and, it, and they spam your phone and they leave files on your phone sometimes, yeah. or at least they did on my Android. I don't know that they do so much on my, on my iPhone, but yeah, I will pay for those. So I will pay for the app, but then I feel like I'm buying something like you're actually buying the app as opposed to going in and buying, you know, coins or jewels or things right, that are consumables right. that you're buying that you use in game that are, that are a finite resource Yeah. instead of the game that you can play infinitely. So yeah, yeah uh, I totally agree. Yeah. I have no trouble paying for the apps to get rid of the advertisements, but I do have a hard time paying for the the consumables the coins the jewels or whatever else it is that you use in the game yeah and that yeah that's interesting that segues into uh the fact she mentioned that it's her way of relaxing at Mm -hmm. the end of the day and i found the same thing with both of these games there's low commitment and there's a low time investment right and so i did buy elder sign for my kindle fire Mm -hmm. but for me, that is a huge investment right. of time and energy. It's not the game I play before I go to bed. Right, right. Because then you if get I sucked into sit, it. <laughs> yeah, if I want to sit and yeah. play for 30 to 60 seconds between, you know, commercials, the, I can do this right. with Treasure Diver. Right. And and I, and I that's one of the things that I love about those games, too. I feel the same way about Words with Friends. I'll go in and play um, a few rounds. I'll play it in between uh, writing, reading papers. I'll play it when I'm having lunch, yeah. you know, things like that, where I'm just filling in a few minutes that I have in between all my other daily duties. I'll be like, Oh, look, I get to game. And, and I do get to game just not, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a long committed time. So they, I think well, they serve a great purpose. Yeah. And I, th- I know that there's something about them because just the, the addictedness of mm-hmm. them, there's some sort of brilliance behind them. Oh, no doubt. Uh, there, I mean, it's really treasure divers. I mean, it's got nothing going on. You plant things, you harvest things, you you buy things. I mean, but but it fits something. Mm-hmm. And when it, as soon as the papaya farms and farmvilles realized and hit on that, I mean, they could make every iteration in the world. They're right. all going to be successful. Yeah, exactly. They've it's got just that smart. Yeah, smarts behind that it. cycle that they get their gamers into. Yeah, look mm-hmm. at me. Mm-hmm. Farm billing. I know. <laughs> Underwater. <laughs> Underwater farm bill. <laughs> the, the only thing that bothers me is is clubbing the fish. <laughs> Sharks and um, an octopus show up to prevent me from harvesting. Mm-hmm. And she actually comes out with a club. Mm-hmm. and But it says as you're clubbing them, you've got to club them like um, four times to get them to go away. It actually says banish. Oh, so I like that. It describes it as banishing, but um, because they always come back. Uh, but it looks like you're, you're clubbing a, a sea animal. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of sad. That's you know, hilarious. the other thing I'll I'll give kudos to Treasure Diver about. I got to choose my avatar at the beginning. Oh, nice! That's awesome. Yes. That was one of the things that I, that I liked about Farmville as well. You got to design your avatar in Farmville. I mean, it wasn't a you know complex avatar necessarily, but you did get to pick you know your hair and your outfit yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So very smart. Mm-hmm. Look at us. I know. 
Well, we'd love to hear from you guys about uh, pay to play or the timed games where you have to sit and wait. What kind of apps have you got on your devices right now? Do you have a Kindle Fire and are you addicted just like me? Have you hit the Mayday button and met your personal customer service rep? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you, as always. You've been listening to Game on Girl. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby, and I left my brain at home today. You can follow me on Twitter at RowRoom, that's R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M, or email Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com if you happen to know where my brain is. I think that you should make that your new Twitter handle. What? I left my brain at home today. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. <laughs> I left my brain at home today. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, forgive me, but I left my brain at home today. Could you help? Exactly. It would be awesome. <laughs> And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, and I left my brain at home today, too. But you can still find me on Twitter at DocLiz with two Zs. So, Rhonda, give us an update for Extra Life. Um, Yeah, real quickly, um, just wanted to thank all of our listeners and supporters. You guys are so awesome. Um, My personal goal was met. And I want to thank Sheila, Michelle, Ray, Kat, and Aaron. You guys are awesome. Are so cool. And also, uh, I had one team member on my team that also played for Game on Girl East, uh, Nicole Hazen, and she beat her goal as well. In fact, she beat me. <laughs> so as a team, we raised uh, $550. Yay. Our goal was $500. I was shooting low because I wasn't quite sure how everything would work. Right. So that's all going to the Duke Children's Hospital. But the um, extra life is still going on. Right. You can still um, you can still contribute money. Yes. Yeah. I believe it's until uh, November 20th, so you can still make donations. Um, this year they've raised over $3.8 so far. Um, you, and yeah, even with the horrible stuff they had happen on the day on yeah, November just, 2nd, they were hacked four times. They just think it's despicable. You know, hacks, hacks a corporation or something, yeah. Enron or I don't know, somebody like that. But to hack a charity. Yeah, that's just uh, um, The day of their event, it was ridiculous. Yeah. But um, but anyway, um, I'm still going to be playing. By the time you listen to this, uh, my play day will be over. But I'm going to be playing November 9th. And on November 20th, uh, they'll stop taking donations. But I believe it's the most that they've um, they've ever raised. Yes, it is. They built. They beat. I think when they hit three million, they beat what they raised last year. So yeah, they're doing good. Yeah. So it's 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 really great. And a one hundred percent of your donation goes to the charity. Yes. It doesn't go anywhere else. It goes to the hospital. Yep. Um, I'll be playing on Steam. I am Scarlet One One Three on Steam. Um, I was going to do board gaming that day. So. Nice. Awesome. That'll be a nice balance. Yeah. Great. So yeah, definitely go donate if you can, if you have a chance, any, any amount you give will help. So, and we're very appreciative of our supportive listeners who, and our dynamic community who we love so much. So thank you guys for your continued support. Episodes of Game on Girl are available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. We also have an app for download for iOS users, which you can get to from our site, gameongirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under Creative Commons Attribution License. Thanks for listening and until next time, game on!